Hello, Church of the Cross, and welcome back to the 9th Avenue 9. This is your host, Joel Bascom, pastor of Connecting and Equipping. Episode number 10 arrived as we begin to open up more. This last Sunday was the Feast of Pentecost, and the sanctuary was fuller than it has been in some time. What a blessing. I cover some info about Margie, my guest today, in the intro, but I will say again what a blessing it was to interview her in person. As the pandemic restrictions lift, I would love to talk with you in my office as well. Email me at joel at ofthecross.org if you're interested in being part of the big podcast. So with that, let's get down to business. Here's episode 10 with our very own Margie Hack. Hello, Church of the Cross, and welcome back to another episode of the 9th Avenue 9. It is very appropriate to be able to interview my guest for this show in person. She and her husband, Dennis, have been members of Church of the Cross for several years, and just this last Sunday, they were able to worship with us in person for the first time since the pandemic started. She and Dennis just recently finished up their Ransom Fellowship organization, and you can find their writings online at critique-letters.com. I have so enjoyed getting to know them both over the years, so I am very excited to talk music with my guest today, Margie Hack. Hi, Margie. Hi, Joel. Yes, and she's in my new office, which she already was making comments about. You know, So if you haven't been to my office, I'd love to have anyone who's listening can, can, can come visit me in my office. How are you today, Margie? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm so excited to have you. So I was talking a little bit about uh, several years. How many years have you been at Cross? Well, we came, we first visited in 2015 before we actually moved up here. We were uh, moving from Rochester, Minnesota, and so we were kind of exploring what church might we attend. And so the first time we attended uh, Cross... It was on a Sunday in, I think, April of 2015, and I have to confess that I wept through the whole service. Wow, okay. And afterwards, when we walked out to the car, um, Dennis was with me, and so was Anita Gorder, uh-huh. and Anita said, this is my church home, and so it, w- it went from there. We were fortunate to be able to buy a home that was closer to the cross than the other church that was contending for first place, okay. so we we're very happy to be across. We are glad that, that we ended up edging out the uh, our competition, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so Margie, I understand that you have listened to the show, and you uh, you have enjoyed it, So, but I'll go through the, the ground rules real quick before we start in. You are uh, locked in the basement of the church for an, a year. You are al- allowed to bring nine albums of your choosing with you, and then you will also be able to take a book and a luxury item. Uh, books, you, you will already have a Bible and a book of common prayer since it is the church basement. So without further ado, what would your number one pick be? Well, first of all, I think I need to preface some of this with when I listened to your other shows, I was pretty shocked to, to find how many uh, 
you know, one or two here and there from each of your interviewees, uh, an album that I might have chosen. Oh, good. Which was really fun to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, for example, your daughter chose the Avett Brothers. Uh-huh. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Because... <laughs> um, we really enjoy the Avid Brothers too. Yes. But so anyway, there were a lot of um, a lot of similar uh, choices, and when I came down to 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 trying to um, choose those nine albums, it was tough. Yeah. And I had to leave out a lot of good ones. I mm-hmm. think like like um, um, Andrew uh, Andrew Bird did not make my list. Okay. Who, who I like? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar? I've heard the name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, some, some, uh, yeah, there were plenty of others. You sure. too, for example. Yes, yes. You know, so, um, yeah, there were just a lot. So for my first album, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something um, kind of funny. Yeah. Here, I'm, I have, Margie's got cards. I have them listed on cards. <laughs> Great. I have no idea which one to pick first. So <laughs> I'm going to... to um, to flay these out. Like sure. Do you want me to pick one for you? Yes. Oh, and, and, okay. It's kind of like you're going to have to pick one. Pick a card, any card. No, am I going to read it, it or am I going to hand it to you? You're going to hand it back to me, I think. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> so okay. perfect. Okay, I'm picking the first card here. There you go. All right. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, this uh, is is uh, the title of the album is. If all I was was black, uh-huh. and it's by Mavis Staples. Sure. And and this album came out, uh, well, not too long ago. It came out in 2017. Okay. Yeah, and and um, you, it, as you know, she's mostly known for um, rhythm and blues. Yes. But she has she has crossed over into a lot of different genres. And she's won so many awards. In fact, this album, um, If All I Was Was Black, won a Grammy Award um, the year it came out. Okay. So, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really good. Really I've, I've really been enjoying it. And I think that the, that the, um, the, that the tracks on this album really are very current. They're very appropriate to a lot of the things that, um, our country is facing yeah. today, of course, mm-hmm. her being African American. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has a real heart for yes um, for those the, for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the interesting thing about this album, I don't know if you're familiar with it at all. I haven't I, listened to the album. I know Mavis Staples, just yeah, she's May- legendary, but I don't I haven't heard this album. Right. Well, um, the the interesting thing about this album is that um, she collaborated with Jeff Tweedy. From yeah. Wilco, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he wrote all the songs on this album. Okay, and and they're really cool. Really, I um I I really I really love I, I love them, and so right. Okay, so, so um I I always put together a Spotify playlist for, with a couple of cuts from the album. Any a couple of couple of cuts from the album that you really love? Um yeah, um the, the um, probably my favorite one is. And, and by the way, I've written a cheat, cheat sheet for you, so you don't. Fantastic! I'm gonna write them down. I'll think. Well, I can just relax and enjoy the enjoy the, the content. So, so the first one that I really um, would recommend is, it ain't no doubt about it, mm-hmm. where um, she Mavis actually sings along with Jeff Jeff Tweedy, and if you're familiar with Wilco at all, mm-hmm. yes, I think you'll probably recognize some things about. Um, the the influence that he brings in, mm-hmm. which is, 
um, I think it's a really strong rock rock beat mm -hmm. and um, a bass that is pretty prominent throughout yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. And so this one is it, it's about it's about uh, counting on a friend when uh -huh. you're in trouble, uh -huh. and you call out that person's name or. They might be talking about God as all as well. Sure. So, um, and and one of the phrases from from the uh, the uh, track is, uh, which seems in really almost prescient or pro prophetic, um, is it, it, it's, it's this this lyric. Every time I get crowded, sometimes I just can't breathe. Oh yeah. I know. Sure. So I mean, we all kind of yeah. know what. what what that was about, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but and then the other one is called "Little Bit," mm -hmm. and um, some of, some of the phrases from that also you you understand where they're coming from. A, a little bit too bold, a little bit out of line. Now my baby won't make it home. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so so yeah, that that's oh. that's. Maybe and Mavis Staples. I I don't know if you've seen it, but she she pops up in a lot of places these days. Like with band, like I I, I was on YouTube and I was looking. She is so popular at festivals and things because yeah. everybody knows her right. and everybody's just yeah. starstruck yeah. by her. And so she'll pop up if you go on YouTube. You'll find her like singing with all these new younger bands and everything. It's really I cool. Think, I think that's really wonderful. Yeah, for an, for an older person, she's. I think she's 82 years old. Really? She I, she it, looks she looks Yeah, but she good. still has this powerhouse oh, yeah. voice. Oh, yeah. It's it's just marvelous. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Okay, Margie, so I'm at, so I'm going to pick number 2 here. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yes. This is you. I like it when people, you know, play around with the format a little bit. All right. <laughs> Margie's cards also have the Ransom Fellowship name on the side on the the back of the card. There you uh, go. That's because we don't have any use for them anymore, sure. except for yeah. this right here. Okay, this one, I just, I have no idea what you will think. Okay. You know, when I was trying to choose these two, I, I, I fought with something that's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Because I, I thought, now, Margie, don't try to pick ones that make you look cool. <laughs> you know, just pick what you like. And what I think you, you look cool this. either way, Margie, but well, that's that's just my thing. It's, it's, it's a bad thing. <laughs> anyway, this this is uh, the soundtrack from You've Got Mail. Oh, sure. And yes. it's the title of the album, too. Yeah. You've Got yeah. Mail. Yeah. You know, it's the movie starring Yeah, with Meg Tom Ryan. Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And so it's a collection of various artists. Mm -hmm. and um, The Cranberries this, are on it, as yes, I recall. The Cranberries. Um, who, who else? Um uh, a, a lot of different ones. Shanae O'Connor. Uh huh. Uh, Louis Armstrong. It, okay. The, I wonder which song. Which song is it of Louis Armstrong? Okay, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think. Um, it, 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 it's it's where he he's he's saying if if I took some old um, rag, some old, it made it into like an effigy. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's, I forget all the words to it, but it, it, you would recognize it sure. immediately. Sure. But um, it, it's like this song makes me want to pick up a baby and dance around the room. Yeah. It's just so fun. Yeah. And uh, so um, one of the artists that's featured on this is Harry Nelson, mm -hmm. who 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 I love. There are actually four of his tracks are on this this album. And um, so my favorite pick was 
his his which is the first track on the album and it's called the puppy song mm-hmm. and um i it's it's just it's just a great it's a great song yeah it's a fun movie too yeah it it is and the, and then the second one is by bobby darren and it's called Splish Splash. Oh, I was taking a bath. <laughs> sure. Yes. The pot song, like early sixties, maybe. Um, late fifties, something uh, like that. I think late fifties. Yeah. It's even predated me. I'd like to point out. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah, that's a fun movie too. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and I th- I think I'll, I'll come back to Harry Nelson a little later. Okay. So so we'll. Is he the one? Forgive. You know, maybe you'll get to this later. Is he the one that did the the song "Everybody's Talking at Me"? Or yes. is, that, is that him? Well, well, actually, no. That that somebody else? Was in, he sang it though. It was oh, okay. in Midnight Cowboy. Yes, yes, you that's know, the one I'm thinking uh, of. Yeah. So, so it's written. No, it isn't. I don't think it's written by him, but it was sung mm, by him. Okay, so I am so, thinking of the same person. Now. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think so. Right. Well, that's cool. Right. I like that. All right. So, anything else on that? Yeah. Uh, oh no, huh? I I no, I was limited to two. So. <laughs> oh sure. Well, you can. You, there's another one that you were like. Is the is Stevie? Is there a Stevie Wonder song on that? Uh, Sign sealed delivered. Is that on there? Oh yes. I guess that is Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I think yes, he's the one. Yes, it's signed sealed delivered. I'm yours. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. a good one too. Right. It was just. It was just such a fun lineup. Oh yeah. Of uh, of groups. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Okay. Let me pick uh, number three here. I gotta get these spread out. <laughs> okay, here we go. There okay. you go, Marty. All right. <laughs> this one is uh, Jillian Welch and David Rawlings. Oh, Jillian Welch, sure, yes. So American folk. Okay. And and of course, Dave Rawlings is very. He's he's such a good guitarist. Mm-hmm. He makes. Um, he makes does amazing riffs, and these these two have partnered together for a long time. Yeah, and um, and they're acoustic. Okay, and I I, I enjoy that. Um, they have close harmonies. Yeah, and and so and, and, and some critics have said that they're they're best when um, when Jillian leads. Okay. Um, but but always, in almost every rendition of every song they do, there's a there's a longer riff that David Rawlings does, and you get to see how how skilled he is as yeah. a guitar player. Yeah. I yeah I really I really like them, and so um, they actually they won a Grammy Award this year for Best American Folk Album. Okay. It, this was for 2020, mm-hmm. and the, the title of that was All the Good Times, but. Uh, I didn't choose that one. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, they have another one, <clears throat> excuse me, that I really enjoy. It's called um, The Harrow and mm-hmm. the Harvest. Mm-hmm. And um, they, uh, yeah, the the one song that I would, my top pick for that one would be, um, called, the title of it is The Way It Goes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really, it's kind of about the dark side of life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, and the consequences that you might face of bad choices. Yeah. But, but um, it's real. Mm-hmm. I love that, and I love their sound. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Jillian Welch is one of those people that is kind of, how do you say, kind of adjacent to a lot of artists that I really like. 
but I've never yeah. really I've been, I have one I think right. one album of hers I've never really been able to dive into her though as but yeah like you know Emmylou Harris and yeah. Alison Krauss and you know a yes. couple of the other adjacent yeah. artists but yeah. I haven't really been able to dive yeah. in on Julian Welch so it's good to good yeah. to have I, a recommendation I think that the three of them that you that you just mentioned just now Julian Emmylou and um, uh, what was, what was the other one uh, Alison Krauss yeah that they they sang together too for um, for another soundtrack, and that was Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they yeah they played like the I think uh, if you've seen the movie there there's a scene with the sirens. Yes. <laughs> and it's them. Yeah, that's right. I mean they're not in the movie, but it's their no. voices that are in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So oh yeah, that, that's that right. Fun. I had forgotten about that, right. but yeah, that's right. Um, and so my my other pick from that album is. Um, the way the whole thing ends, uh-huh. um, and and again, it's about the consequences of choice, poor choices, mm-hmm. and 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 the need or the desire to find a friend in the end. Mm-hmm. But if you may have burned all your bridges, so, <laughs> yes. you know, you're just you know, <laughs> you know, and and and. and the last phrase is, that's the way the cookie crumbles, or no, that's the way the cornbread crumbles. The cornbread crumbles, yes. That's the way the story ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. what year did this album come out? Do you know um, about <clears throat> I think it was like t- 2011. You said it was The Harrow and... The Harrow and the Harvest. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting title. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but cool. yeah. But if you like American folk, oh yeah, there, it's there, like, there it. Yeah, I would really enjoy that. So, I, all right. Well, we have gotten through our first three picks. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back for Margie's next three picks. And we are back. And I had to edit several minutes out because Margie went off script and got kind of crazy, didn't you, Margie? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, So before we get to the next three picks, Margie, I wanted to to ask you, I've asked pretty much all my guests this, is there a time in your life that the picks tend to come from or did it kind of cover more of a broad part of your life, you know, know, broad in your life? Uh, I I think they cover more of a broad Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. in my my life, but... Definitely from when I became a young adult and up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And for those folks who don't know, tell, tell us a little bit where you grew up. Um, I grew up in northern Minnesota uh-huh. um, on the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you mentioned the Angle Inlet, which is it's that, that peak part of Minnesota where legend has it that the surveyors got lost yes and when they were crossing this big lake up there the lake of the woods mm-hmm. and gave us a piece of Canada yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's that is actually where my mom grew up uh-huh. and and um, my grandparents owned a resort up there so mm-hmm. I spent summers with them every summer but we lived actually my my family and where I grew up was on the southern south side of the lake okay. um, in Minnesota. So yeah, I'm I'm the oldest of six children. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, grew up in, on a little farm in a three room house, mm-hmm. uh, and um, actually my 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 father was killed three months after my mom was married. Okay, and so I have. Um, a whole extra family there. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, yeah. And it is a fantastic story. And if those of you listening, Margie, I have read Margie's book, The Exact Place, which recount, recounts a lot of her uh, of her childhood. And it is a great book, Margie. I really enjoyed reading Thank it you. when I got the chance. Thank you. Okay, so you've got your fan cards out there. Let me pick Can number four. Here? There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's excited about this one. I think I picked a good one. I, I, well, <laughs> each time you pick one, I feel like, yeah, I get... I, I am excited about these. Yeah. Um, so this is um, an album by Ali Farka and Tumani Diabate. I, I'm Af- not familiar with this artist. They're African. Okay. The title of the album is In the Heart of the Moon. Okay. And um, I'll just say his first name again, Ali Farka. Uh-huh. He's, um, he's no longer living. He, uh-huh. he died a few years ago. But he was a great instrumentalist. He played, uh, um, a uh, he he played a guitar and other some other African instruments. But yeah. he he was from Mali. Okay. And um, he was um, uh, Rolling Stones considered him a pioneer of what they call African desert blues. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. So. Um, so we this is an all instrumental, um, uh-huh. and we often play this when we have people in our home, like say for dinner. Sure, it's it's a great it, it it's 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 a strangely rhythmic, calming kind of music, uh-huh. and I'm really soothed by 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 this the, the music that they play. Uh-huh. And in fact, I first came across it, but from um, our daughter and son-in-law, who. Um, who 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 gave me a, my first copy of this album, and who said that when they had parties at their house yeah. and things got a little t- out of hand, a little wild, a little loud, mm-hmm. they put on this album and everybody would calm down. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like a nice tonic so, for everybody in the house. Right. That's right, great. Right. Ali um, Farka and Tumani Diabate. Tumani Diabate. In in the heart of the moon. Okay. Is, is Are they the, both from Mali or just? Yeah, they're okay. both. And Tumani plays um, a West African twenty-one-string harp that's called the kora, oh. which I had never heard of before. Oh, but, okay. But but yeah, so 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 I really enjoy their music. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing it. That sounds so, fantastic. So I have two tracks that I picked, mm-hmm. and um, I. Don't know what they mean, the words. Okay, sure. I can say the first one is Kala, and the other one is um, Haudolo. Uh-huh. So I have no idea what it means. Sure. But... Well, maybe uh, at some point I can uh, look it up and I'll include it on the description of the podcast or something. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah that would be great. Well, that sounds really nice. Yeah. All right. Okay, Margie, we'll fan them out again. I'll pick number five here. Any specific uh, reason for the paper clips on some of them? Just more notes. <laughs> oh, there you go. I picked the one on the end there. Oh, okay. Well, well, this guy probably deserves way more notes than I've ever taken. Oh, yeah? This but, guy, number five? Yeah. Leonard Cohen. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I, yeah, Leonard Cohen, the Canadian songwriter. Yes, he is. He's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this happens to be more best of. Okay. I know that's probably... Um, True music nerds would never pick a, a best, best of, of album, yeah. right? Well, but sometimes you've got to be able to get all the songs you want instead of just, you know, the artistic right. statement of right. an album. Right. But he, he is such an interesting person to me. Mm-hmm. 
He's, um, he uh, was a Buddhist monk for a while, mm -hmm. for five years. Um, he, you know, he uh, has a long history of, of writing music, uh, being a poet, writing books. And it's true that he had quite a few liaisons with various women. Mm -hmm. um, and then he died just uh, a couple years ago, couple right? Years ago, yeah. right? Um, and and he, um, I've seen him. In, I've seen him in concert, not in not live. Okay. That's probably one of the things Dennis and I are sad about is that we never made it. Yeah. But they they became so expensive. Okay. I mean, we would have been willing to go to Winnipeg or mm -hmm. Chicago, anywhere, but. But you could never get a ticket. Mm. And they were really costly. But, but um, then towards the end of his, towards the end of his career, he learned that his agent and his manager um, had had um, embezzled mo almost yeah. all his money. Yeah. And so he went on tour again as an older man, and we there there is a, there's a great documentary. I think it's called Live in London. Okay. Um, and. He is. He seems like such a kind person. Yeah. And in fact, even in some of the final interviews in his life, he, um, um, the interviewers said that he was always, he he was caring about them. Yeah. And worried about their, even though he was dying from a very mm -hmm. painful cancer. Okay. But but so there's so many of his songs. Yeah. That are out there. Do you ever have a sense that? There's an artist you've heard about a lot, and it's like this huge treasure trove, but you just haven't explored it yet. Yes. That's how I feel about him. I, I mean, I've heard about yeah. him, and I, you know, there's a couple very famous songs that he wrote. Yeah. And I, there's actually a, a Johnny Cash album that I have called American Recordings, and one of the songs on that is a Leonard Cohen song. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and so it's like he's one of those guys that I've heard about all of my adult life, and I've always heard he's amazing, but I've never yeah. been able to really dig in. Yeah, yeah. his, you know, you know, one of his songs that is most well-known, which I'm almost a little tired of because so many people have done it, Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Sure, yeah. And uh, uh, Christians have co-opted it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he, he does have a lot of biblical imagery in mm -hmm. his lyrics because yeah. he grew up Jewish. Mm -hmm. So he's got that background. Mm -hmm. But, but so I, I love his lyrics, not just his music, because it's, it's, so, it's so profound. It's mm -hmm. so prophetic. Mm -hmm. he, he was like really a judge of our times mm -hmm. and what people were doing. And you know, mm -hmm. I just love that about him. Yeah. 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 So, so what are the so, songs that you picked? Well, um, this this was also difficult. But, yeah. But um, the the first one is um, anthem, mm -hmm. and um, this is this is has a very spiritual truth to it, and um, it, it, part of the part of it is that, that um, some of the lyrics are there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in, hmm. and as Christians, we know that about ourselves. Yeah, it's it's he comes in through those cracks. Yeah, but 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 also just the beauty of his lyrics, the birds they sang at the break of day, the wars they will be fought again, the holy dove will be caught again. 
Mm. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Hmm. I, just, I just really, really well. like it. And, and part of the chorus is ring the bells that still can ring. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess an, another phrase from that um, lyric that I really enjoy, really like, it touches me, is every heart to love will come, but like a refugee. I think that's, that's, mm -hmm. how, that's where we are. Mm -hmm. We come to Jesus like a refugee. Yep. You know, and it's, it's his love that draws yep. us. Yeah, absolutely. The sort of picture of us being um, sojourners coming to Christ and, yeah. and, a, and a, coming into a kingdom that isn't our own, but we've been brought in. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful picture. Yeah. yeah, I'll need to, I'll need to take your uh, take your advice and listen to more of him. <laughs> All right. Well, me... the second one. Did you want me to hit the second one? The, Are you still talking no, about another song? Yeah, the, the, I, the first one was called Anthem. Oh, sure. What's the second one? And the I'm second one was Tower of Song. Okay. And it's, it's, I think it's about um, songwriters and how they labor away at their craft. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and find themselves in a place where they're stuck. Mm. And, and um, so, so there are some... There's some uh, phrases in this song, too, that really stick with me. He says, I was born with a golden voice. And he said, I ache in the places where I used to play. Mm -hmm. You know, so, mm -hmm. sort of, so, so, yeah. And he's got an interesting voice, too, the times I've heard. Yeah, he does. Kind of throaty. It's kind of a deep voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, right. Yeah, I think that's definitely somebody I need to... I feel like there was um, <clears throat> one... Pop culturally type references. I remember when Canada hosted the Olympics, the Winter Olympics in 2010. They had one of his, it was Hallelujah, of course, because okay. that's the one he's really known for. But yeah. they had one of his songs during the opening yeah. ceremonies yeah. because he's one of the most Famous. renowned Canadian artists. He is, right. So. Right, he is. Absolutely. Yeah. Canada usually, you know, so much, so many people focus on all the great uh, comedians who have come from Canada, but there's some amazing, Neil Young is another person that comes to mind as right. a Canadian songwriter. Right, right, um, Okay, I'm, so we're going to number six here. All right, I'm going to pick a card. Oh. <laughs> okay. Here we go. There all you right. go. Ooh, another, another paperclip one, so this is going to be a good. Actually, you know what, it's just... I didn't write on the back. So And this um, is great because I can't do this over Zoom. I can't pick a card like this over Zoom the way I've been doing some of my interviews. This is great. This is fun. So this is Nico Case. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, a singer-songwriter. Mm -hmm. um, I think she's found in the indie rock um, yeah. genre. Yeah. But so I picked one of her... Uh, Albums, uh, an album she put out in 2009. It's called Middle Cyclone, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know if you're if if you're familiar with Nico Cage. I've heard the name. I've heard uh, a couple songs, but I don't know. She, her all of her music has a similar trajectory, and you always recognize her voice. It has. A, I don't. I don't know how to describe it, but it's so. It's so unlike. Take somebody like Paul Simon. Mm -hmm. You. He is, he is so prolific. 
and he is so varied in in his approach to music. You wouldn't unless you heard and recognize his voice. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't necessarily know that song was written by him. Yeah, yeah, because absolutely. Because he's so he's amazing. Mm -hmm. But but with the, the, she's just one of those musicians where yeah. you know you can recognize. Her yeah, voice, so. yeah. So um, so I really do. I like I like a number of her albums, but the. Um, uh, but this this one is probably one of my favorites, and and my first um, pick from this w is is titled the Pharaohs. Okay. The Pharaohs, and and she says has said herself that it's about her first boyfriend. Okay. And so it's kind of full of romantic idealism uh -huh. when she was young and naive, and it's uh -huh. about about sexual desire and how uh -huh. it can disappoint. Okay. And. Um, yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah, it, it's so pharaohs. How does that? Uh, how does that fit? In? How does that tie into that? Well, I thought about that, and I think maybe it's because um, the the pharaohs are were like untouchable. Uh huh. They're uh -huh. like they're like um, the height of wealth and power, mm -hmm. and um, and all this guy was was <laughs> some guy who was telling her. You know that she was she was she looked great in a white yeah. leather jacket, and <laughs> okay. things like that. You know? All right. So uh, uh, anyway, it's it's interesting. And well, when did this album come out, Margie? Uh, two thousand nine. Okay, so relatively relatively so, recent. But my favorite track on this, and probably one of the main reasons why I picked it, is because it's another tune by Harry Nilsson. Oh. And it's called "Don't Forget Me." Okay. Do you? No, you I don't know that one. Please no. don't forget me. It's okay. Like, don't forget me. So she's covering it. His yeah, song. She okay. It, mm -hmm. And she covers it in such a, a great way. Um, a, apparently, her music studio is in an old barn that she's renovated. Okay. And and um, she has she brought in for this piece. She brought in eight old upright pianos. Okay. And they all play together on this right. song. And it is it it's just it's so. So powerful, but it, it also it, it it also touches me mm -hmm. because um, uh, she some of the some of the phrases from it are that that um, uh, they're just they're just very poignant. Uh, one phrase is in the summertime, in the summer by the poolside while the fireflies are all around you. Mm -hmm. Just like this very evocative. And, and, yeah, and then and then when we're older and full of cancer, it doesn't matter now. Come on, get happy. <laughs> Cuz nothing lasts forever, but I will always love you. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just a it, it's 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 a very I don't know, it touches me. Yeah, absolutely. So, but um uh Harry Nilsson was a was a friend of John Lennon's. Yeah. And they um, they did they did some collaborating together. Okay. And, I don't I didn't know that. And there's one little little um, incident that happened when they were together at one point. Um, they had this competition um, uh, of who could who could scream the loudest. Okay. When they were singing. Okay. And um, Nelson ruptured a vocal cord during that, and, and I guess I guess John Lennon won. <laughs> John Lennon, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, you could yeah, probably he, he could some of those Beatles songs. He really did uh, belt he, it out. He let loose, right? Right? Yeah. So. All right, so that's six, right? Yep. That's six. Okay, so we will take a little break here, and we will come back with Margie's final three picks, as well as her book and luxury. 
And we are back, and we are going to hear Margie's final three picks, as well as her book and luxury item. But before we get to that, I always like to ask my guests, what was the process or philosophy behind the picks that you made? Well, uh, um, I'm not sure how to say this, but I think that music in general has a huge impact on on me, and probably on most people. In fact, I think there are ways in which our love of music may even indicate something about the fact that we're made in the image of God, or that there's something out there that's more Mm -hmm. than what we can actually get to with words or even with music. And so so I have a quote. Yeah, please. (laughs) This is from Alistair McGrath. Uh-huh. Um, in, in, from a book that he wrote called um, Born to Wonder. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he says that from time to time we find ourselves overwhelmed by a sense of awe or mystery, often when confronted with the beauty or majesty of nature, which seems for a moment to intimate a grander vision of reality, perhaps lying beyond the horizons of our experience. Mm-hmm. And I know he, he mentions... Um, he just mentioned nature here, but I think you can add music to mm-hmm. this and, yeah. and different things. And it, it was G.K. Chesterton who spoke of uh, the object of the artistic and spiritual life being to dig for this submerged sunrise of wonder. Mm-hmm. And we long to know more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how a lot of music makes me feel. It makes me long to know more or something. It's... It's it's hard to uh, for me to to come up with the words for it. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. So and it is, <clears throat> excuse me. And it's beyond just Christian music. Of course, obviously, yeah. you can tell by my pick. <laughs> but, but, yes, you know, I find I find evidence of God in all of these mm-hmm. things. One of the one of the really, <clears throat> I guess. I don't know. This sounds kind of cheesy, but the first phrase, uh, hot spots of common grace, kind of like, yeah. you know, it's just like you see so much and you hear so much that uh, draws you in. And not just the music itself, I mean, lyrics, everything, uh, just, and especially for me, you know, with classical music, that's one of the, one of the ones that I really feel that way about because so much of it is almost is, is instrumental, so that it doesn't have the lyrics. So it's that more of that abstraction that you really... You have emotions about, and you're you can't really say why, but you know you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I think that sometimes someone should interview you. Maybe someday. You? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday. Yeah. I think the pastor has threatened that. I think at some point he actually might take me hostage and make sure that I have to answer. I think that's my a good name. idea. <laughs> Do you? Okay. Yeah. Well, let me get number seven here. Let me pick your card. There you go. What's number seven? Okay. Bob Dylan. Oh, of, of course. course, Bob Dylan, a, a prominent artist on these right. on these lists. Which album? Another one of those greatest hits. Okay. Volume two. Volume two. And it has two discs. So. And that's a good. That's a that's a smart thing to do because then you get more music. You get yeah. two discs. Right. So that's the one I know. The one that's probably like late sixties, early seventies, right? I think into the seventies, mm-hmm. somewhere. But mm-hmm. but I'm I'm actually I'm not real sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be it would be hard. He has so many albums. It'd yes. Be hard. Yeah. It would be difficult. So. Yeah. So and I don't think I don't think I need to say anything about. Him. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to say anything about Bob Dylan. I I'm which which songs are on that one? Because I have his volume one of greatest hits. Which which songs are on that one? 
Well, I, I if um, all along the watchtower. Mm -hmm. um, what's the, what's another one that's really um, a hard rain's gonna fall. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so they do yeah. bring in some of his early stuff onto yeah. this one too, because right. hard rain is an early. So okay. Yeah, it is. But but I'll say I I have I I chose three out of this. Yeah, but, please. But um, I really like. I'll be your baby tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's, just mm -hmm. it's one of those love songs that, mm -hmm. you know, just, yeah, it's good. He writes interesting love songs. He does. Yeah, just not your kind of classic. I think about some of them. It Ain't Me, Babe. Another one. That's that, kinda... yeah. That, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of an anti-love song. Exactly, yes. I think, I think but... And then the second one is uh, Maggie's Farm. Oh, I love Maggie's Farm. Don't, it's a great it's song. Just, you, you have to dance to it almost sure, and sure. sing it at the same yeah. time. Yeah, that's a great song. And then, uh, and then this one. It's all over now, baby blue. Yeah, one of those long... Isn't that... A, it's a long, rambling, acoustic one, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Where he does the harmonica thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about the singing, everybody. I, I hope it didn't offend you. Yeah, well, you can't ever go around there. And just the volume of work that he yeah. has done. It's um, crazy. So I, ha I haven't broached this question yet. You did talk a little bit about Leonard Cohen and inability to see him live. Have you been able to see Bob Dylan? Uh -huh. in yeah. Yes, a couple times. Yeah. Times. Tell me about that experience. Well, um... Uh, one of the one of the concerts that we saw was right after he 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 seemed to have a religious experience. And oh sure. People thought he'd become a Christian. Yeah. And I think only God knows there. Yes. I mean, I I can see how difficult it would be to be such a well known celebrity and try to join a church. Yeah. Oh, it would be just really tough. Yeah. But um, so he had a great group of backup women. They were they were uh, I think they were all African American, and uh, the it, it, Bob Dylan's typical. Uh, you've seen him, right? I have. Yeah. Four, actually, four times. Four times. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you're up on me. I just. <laughs> so he he um, he played mostly with his back to the audience, and then, <laughs> yes. And I think that that um, delete word me off. <laughs> Because, yeah, you know, you yeah. <laughs> it's a delete word. I like that. So, so you know, yeah. Um, I, I, it, it, it just made you feel like you're just sort of a voyeur. Yeah. He had no con. He had no interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's kind of part of his personality. Yes. But, yes. But. Uh, so where was that? <clears throat> Where'd you see him? That was that was way back. That was when we lived in Albuquerque. Oh, okay. So it was a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. And then he came to Rochester uh -huh. not, too, not too many years ago Okay. And, and played at the baseball field. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's an outdoor yeah. show. Yeah, it was an outdoor show. Oh, that's cool. You'll appreciate this since we're talking about Bob Dylan's stories. Okay. In 2000, the third, I think this was the third time I saw him, he and Paul Simon uh, really? at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, my wife and I, that was, I think Stephanie and I had either just gotten married or was around about, and that was... So that was huge. Oh, huge. it was great. It was amazing. They were, and he was, 
Of the times I've seen him, he was the most interactive. Is that right? Yeah, he told a joke. He told a joke, and they had like a rim shot and everything. Yeah, and he and Paul Simon sang a few songs together, actually. It was really a great show. Wow. And the Hollywood Bowl is a really good, a really, really neat setting to to boot. Yeah, Yeah, concerts are... Can be really wonderful. So was the other time that you saw him? Did he, he did he not turn his back to the crowd the whole time? He he didn't interact with the crowd much. But he didn't. He faced the crowd. Yes, oh, that's did. good. He faced. So so it was a little bit of progress yeah, from no. the first time. I mean, you know, he cracks me up when journalists interview him. Oh yeah. He just he he, he makes them look so stupid. He sure and, does. And it's true. A lot of times, um, investigative reporters ask the dumbest questions. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, well, we can't go wrong with Bob Dylan. Let's see what number eight is. Here we go. All right. There you go. The Royal Tenenbaums original soundtrack. Royal Tenenbaums. That's one of that is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Is it? It is. Of all, I, I love Wes Anderson's movies, but that is my favorite of his. I do too. Yeah. They're they're always fascinating. They are. They are. Yeah. People call them quirky. I just call them interesting. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wes so. Anderson, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, a sort of a, a filmmaker started in the mid-90s, is, has made eight or nine films, and they all have a, I would say, unique tone to them. Uh, if, if you want to hear more about them, apparently you can talk to Margie or you can talk to me because I love talking about Wes Anderson movies. Okay, talk to Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> but, but his films are very stylized. Yes, they are. You know, but they're... they're so yeah, the real Tambon, I'm trying to think, I mean, I love the movie. There's, you know, there's uh, Elliot Smith yes, song. Oh. Um, who else? Well, yeah, remind me. Um, oh, uh... The Ramones. Okay, the Ramones. Um, um, and then, uh, what else? Well, I'll give you the two that I picked. Sure, sure. For one is um, Mother's Ba Canon mm-hmm. by Mark Mother's Ba. Yeah. And that is such a beautiful instrumental piece. Yeah. Um, actually, it was used at um, one of our daughters used that as. Her wedding, um, oh, cool. the wedding march, which oh, it, it's just, it's just really touching. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then the second one is um, Stephanie says. Oh sure, by Velvet, 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 Velvet Underground. Velvet Underground. Yeah. yeah. One of my faves because my wife's name is Stephanie. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yes. Stephanie says. Yeah, I sing it to her sometimes. Who's this calling from across the world? Yeah, and I love, of course. I mean, this is what Wes Anderson does, is uh. I always find that scene very moving when that song is played, when he when he sees his bird coming back to him. Yeah, yeah. And there's this kind of real... Yeah, it's, it, it touches your heart. Yeah, somehow. it sure does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I could so. go on. And the last song, the Van Morrison song at the end, there's a Van Morrison song at the end Which called... Um, uh, Everyone, I think, is the name of it. It's on a, It's off of Moondance. It's on that album. But it's the one where they're all walking away from... I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but the movie is 20 years old, right? Yeah. It, uh, it, when it, they're uh, walking away from, from the resting place. Yeah. They're all coming out of the... Yeah. yeah so that's the song that is played yeah, over that. Right. right. Oh, Wes Anderson. I could, yeah, my wife, if, if Stephanie's listening right now, she can laugh because... <laughs> yeah, Wes Anderson's been a major one for, for us. Anything else you want to say about that one? I've ended up talking more than you on this one. No, I think. that's real. <laughs> I, I appreciate that so much. I'm glad to have found one um, 
point uh, yeah. album in common. And Bob Dylan. Yeah, Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wes Anderson's wonderful. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, films of his that you really like? Or? Well, um, uh, I'm trying to think. The one that was set in India. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. What was that one? That one's called um, the Darjeeling uh, Limited. Uh, Express. Isn't the Darjeeling it? Limited or Express, I can't remember. Oh, okay, yeah. one of those two, yeah. And just, just as a word, most of his films are of the adult persuasion, so I would say uh, if you're listening and you have younger kids, it's, you know, you'll wait on them until they're a little older, but they are fantastic movies. Right, right. Yeah. There are some very, very funny moments in all of them. Oh, I know. So. Yeah. Oh, I know. They're great. I yeah. love... And I just I love in Royal Tenenbaums. Well, they're all great, great characters. But Ben Stiller's character, who is just super on high alert all the time, and right. but yeah, there's there's some moments towards the end of that one that get me that send me into tears every time. Right. So right, right. Yeah. In fact, I, I have to say that uh, this is this was quite a quite a long time ago. I don't know. I was giving a lecture somewhere in a church, and um, I mentioned some things about. Um, the Royal Tenenbaums, and actually I showed the um, clip of them all sitting down to a dinner together mm-hmm. with um, uh, with their mother who has taken on yeah. a, whatever, a lover, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's the adult children and their father is there and everything. And one of the, one of the adult children sa- says that he didn't, he doesn't know what to call his, um, his mother's new consort. Mm-hmm. Is it Mister? Do I call you by a first name? Do I call you Dad? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And anyway, after after that lecture, one a young man came up to me, and he said that that scene made him cry mm-hmm. because in his own his own family, which was broken, mm-hmm. that they they hated holidays because you never you had to go to both you know both your dad's and your mom's new homes and you didn't know what to call this new yeah. person you know who wasn't your mother or or your father mm. and anyway it really it really touched me it, it uh, I thought that that was something that was something I didn't see coming for this generation yeah there's also another really sweet moment I hope I'm not spoiling anything for those of you who haven't seen it where Danny Glover uh, who plays the mother, one of the mothers, uh, well, he's, they're marrying, actually. Yeah, and, they do. They and do. He's, he's getting his tie ready, and Ben Stiller comes in, and he asks, and at this point, it's kind of funny, he doesn't know what happened to your first wife. He goes, I'm a widower. And Ben Stiller says to her, you know, I'm a widower, too. And Danny Glover looks at him and says, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's really sweet. It's touching. Okay, we have one card left, I think, right? (laughs) All right. There it is. Here it is. And there you go. I'll just hand it back to you. What's the left? Just your number nine pick. This is, uh, maybe you'll be surprised, Uh, Sacred Treasures number three. Sacred Treasures number three. It's choral masterworks from Russia. Okay. Um, So it's like a compilation of different choral Russian pieces. Yes. Okay. Yes, from them. And they're all a cappella. Okay. And and of course, uh, you you may know that Russian choirs, they're renowned for, especially for their male, their bass singers. They're I've heard just, some of them. Yeah. There's they 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 reach into your chest. Oh yeah. It's just so. I have so a nice. recording of uh, Rachmaninoff Vespers that has oh, some of that. Okay, right. I think some of that might be on this. Maybe. Album, yeah. Album, but but my first pick was is is Alleluia, Behold the Bridegroom. 
and it's with the St. Petersburg Chamber Choir. And I first heard this cut um, on a, on uh, an album by Lorena McKinnon. Okay. And um, it it's it's her track that is titled Dante's Prayer. Okay. And it begins with an, uh, an excerpt from this piece by this mm-hmm. Russian choir. Okay. And I was so stunned by it. Yeah. By the beauty of it that I had to find. Um, the original piece. I think Lorena McKinnon, was she the one that... She's Canadian. Yeah, and did she had, was was she a pick of Anne Dean's on her list? I can't I remember. I don't think... I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. Sorry, Anne Dean, if I got that wrong. It's been a, it's been a couple months now. Yeah, I don't, remember, <laughs> I don't remember it, but it could be. But but it's um, it's a beautiful... It's a beautiful rendition, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lorena's part, too. And then the, my second one from that is... Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, the yeah. mercy of peace. Uh-huh. And that's also Aquella. Yeah. And, and who are the composers on those? Well, you know, you know? Um, I thought that Rachmaninoff did Alleluia, Behold the Bridegroom, but I couldn't find the link to it. Okay. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure why. But I do know what you're talking about. There's almost like when I hear it, when I hear some of those pieces, it almost sounds like it's in a. I can just almost vision visualize this cold, like church where they're all yeah, singing right. almost to keep each other warm. <laughs> you know, in St. Petersburg or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, those there are some beautiful, some beautiful sounds. Well, that is an amazing collection of nine albums. I love it. I love it. Well, as you know, we have, we have now, you have all this great music, but I always, because I'm a generous person, you know, the, there is a kitchen in the basement, and because I'm generous, you get a Bible, a book of common prayer, but also you get to bring a book of your own choosing. What would the book be that you'd bring along? Well, um, my book would be The Habit of Being, Their okay. Letters of Flannery O'Connor. Oh, okay. It's, it's, a, it's a large book. Oh, okay. And since I'm familiar with all of her fiction, yeah, um, and she's one of my writing heroes, okay, I've really fallen in love with her letters, okay, um, because they reveal her heart and her faith, sure, and and she is she is so funny, mm-hmm. she's relentless, <laughs> she's her wit is something I can only envy, um, yeah, I could never I could never match it, mm. and um, so I I I really enjoy. I, I enjoy them. I could read them over and over again. Okay. And um, in case people aren't aware, maybe maybe you are. She died from lupus. Um, Pretty young, right? Wasn't she, she in her thirties? Um, no, she was in her. She was in. Her, was she thirty nine or forty? Okay. Yeah, you're right. She was anyway. She was very young. And and the thing about her is that she never complained about her illness. Mm-hmm. And it was only toward the end that she admitted. She said. She said to she wrote to a friend, "I've never been anywhere but sick." Oh, yeah. And um and yet out of this life comes all of this creative writing, and um this amazing faith that she mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. You know, you you might not agree with everything sure. about her, but but uh, she stands to me as a real a real hero. Yeah, I've read. One book of hers, and then I remember in high school there was a short story that I had to read a couple times. I think it was A Good Man is Hard to Find. Probably. That was a very it was kind of a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but just a very interesting, yeah, yeah. interesting uh, sort of perspective in terms of 
don't know, the sort of frailty and the depravity of humanity as well as right, just the right, redemption. Right. And she, she, she consciously wrote for those who she felt, who she said, um, really who believe that God has died, mm. but that there is no God. Mm-hmm. And, um, boy, she's going to make them believe in the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. But okay. That's, so with that's, that's your book, it. and what would your luxury item be? Okay. My luxury item is would be my Bentwood uh, Amish rocking chair. Oh, and wow. That's it, cool. I, I have a lamb's wool fleece on it. And uh-huh. it's, it's my comfy place to sit. Oh, that so. sounds fantastic. So you can you can put in your rock your, your music, you can listen to Leonard Cohen, yeah. read Flannery O'Connor in your rocking chair. That's exactly right. Well, that that's sounds true. really, really great. Margie, again, uh, as I said at the beginning, it's so good to see you face-to-face after so many months of pandemic. I've, I've had the privilege of being able to have some Zoom chats with you, but it's really good to talk to you in person and to be able to pick your, your albums on cards like that. <laughs> Wonderful creative way to, for me to pick the, the albums. <laughs> that was partly because I didn't know how to order them. <laughs> okay. Well, either way, it was great. So I want to thank you so, thank you so much for coming down and letting me interview you. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. You're very welcome. (laughs) And with that, a big thank you to Margie Hack for coming on the show. It was a joy to listen to the Spotify playlist that reflect her picks. The music from Ali Farkature and Tumane Diabadi was new to me and beautiful, though I was not able in a peripheral search to find the meaning of the titles. Also, it is always great to hear Stephanie Says by the Velvet Underground and to hear all of those tracks from Gillian Welch and others who I really, really do enjoy. Also, all those pianos on that Nico Case song. In case you're wondering, So far in the 10 episodes that we have had, as well as an an extra list that was given to me via email, here is where we stand on counts of artists. So far, U2 has showed up five times, Bob Dylan has showed up five times, the Avett brothers have shown up four times, Lin-Manuel Miranda has shown up four times, and thanks to our good friend Phil Bickle, Neil Morse has showed up three times. As for albums themselves, so far there's only a couple that have been mentioned more than once. One is Hamilton, which has been mentioned four times, and True Sadness by the Avid Brothers, thanks to my kiddos, Jack and Corey, has been mentioned twice. Again, please let me know if you'd like to be on the show. Our next guest will be Mr. Justin Van Ingham, sound engineer extraordinaire. Until then, the peace of the Lord be with you. (laughs) 